Welcome to another edition of Steelers Sunday Q&A. I'm Kyle Crace from What Jin's Talking About, the podcast that you love to skip every Thursday. You know the drill, or maybe you don't. If you're new to this experience, uh, put in your questions in the chat, and I will answer them. We've got an evergreen question that you can only uh, participate if you zoom in to the studio. And there's the link on the screen. Uh, the, The evergreen question is, who you got? Chuck Knoll. Or Mike Tomlin, but we can we don't discuss it in the chat. Only you gotta have you gotta have the steel curtains to come on to the Zoom live and state your case. It's not just me with me. Uh, I've got a good friend who joins me every Sunday on the Q and A. The one and only Coach T. Coach, are you here? Hello, Steeler Nation. Hello, Pittsburgh, PA. Hello, Kyle. Hey, Coach. Good to have you back. You know, I thought that uh, you might take off today because of uh, Succession Finale. And uh, I thought that might have been your priority. Are you kidding me, Kyle? I was watching USFL football. Should have known. Should have known, Coach. Let's see who's entering the chat. Uh, Jared Evels in the chat. Afton's in the chat. What's up? Claude is in the chat. John C. What's up, guys? You guys could have been anywhere. You could have been barbecuing Memorial Day barbecues, or maybe you are. Maybe you you uh, you you stepped out. You stepped aside from the picnic table to get a cue in, and so I'm here to answer the cues. Coach, should we answer some cues? Let's cue it up. The standard is the standard, and we love the big boys and the big questions. Couldn't agree more. Let's see. First question of the night comes from Afton. Coach T, how mad are you about the playbook being stolen? Like, what the heck, you know? Like, Kenny gets his car stolen. The playbook is inside with the new Matt Canada, Glenn Gary plays. Uh, you know what? Like, what the heck, Coach? What did you uh, what did you say to Kenny about that? Well, you know me. Uh, we can only control the things we can control, and uh, you know I try not to worry about the things we can't control. That being said. What concerns me most is that KP8 seemed to have his car, his keys in the car unlocked. You know, you don't have to be downtown to know that you don't leave the keys in the car unlocked. I don't care if it's dudes have one of these deals with Bowser Automotive for the free car. You know, if you can't, if you can't lock the car and keep the keys with you, uh, you know, the same as like running an offense in the NFL. I I, I am kind of wondering about that. Why did Kenny uh, apparently leave the car unlocked? And it has it had to be one of those key fobs. You know, this wasn't a uh, Honda Civic, you know, from 1989. This was a luxury SUV with uh, the key fob, uh, leaving the car unlocked with the keys in it. I don't know, Kenny. Rookie, some rookie mistakes, even though he's year two. Believe me, I've left the car unlocked sometimes, but just not with the keys in it. I don't think I have. Let's see. We got uh, Claude enters the chat. Claude. Coach T, do you feel the pressure to win at least one playoff game this season? Right? You know the narrative, Coach. Uh, It's been, what, six years without a playoff win or... You know, no Super Bowl appearance in 15 years or whatever, 13 years. No Super Bowl wins in 15 years. 
are you are you are you feeling the pressure, Coach? Um, you know, I, I don't I don't want to put words in your mouth, Kyle. You know, first off, I don't you know I I don't worry about the past. Uh, you know, our windshield is bigger than our rear view and things of that nature. I'm not worried about comparing this team to any team from the past, you know. Uh, that being said, I will not seek comfort in my playoff record. You know, I, I, I'd rather say whoa than sick them. And every year, it's a disappointment for me if we're not in the single elimination dance. So, you know, excuses are the tools of the incompetent. Uh, I, my goal every year is to get the sticky Lombardi. So I'll keep squirreling those nuts. I couldn't have said it better, coach. You know, uh, the pressure's on every year, right? It's like, and some of those playoff wins certainly weren't, or some of those playoff losses certainly weren't a consequence of coaching, you know, like turnovers against the Browns or, you know, a Tim Tebow miracle or, Blake Bortles balling out of his mind. Think you know anything can happen in the playoffs. You get to that single elimination dance, and then it's any given Sunday, if if not more so in the playoffs. Look at look at our own Steelers history when we were as the sixth seed, uh, beat Carson Palmer and the Bengals. You know, in in some part thanks to Kimo von Olhoffen uh, knocking out. Carson, you think the Bengals uh, relive that loss over and over? Maybe not. No, you know, you know the young fans, but Claude is back in the chat. What will be the three receiver set? That's something to be determined in camp. We already know we got DJ George Pickens. Uh, you know, I could see Pat being motioned out in the slot. Uh, you got A-Rob. They're bringing him on slow because of his, you know, health. I could see him being in the mix. People want to see Calvin Austin the third in the mix there. These are, these are camp questions. Three receiver set. How about this? Uh, coach, are we even going to be playing three receiver sets? You know, between Najee... Pat Fryermuth, the rookie tight end, uh, young Hay young Hayward uh, as an H back, you know uh, what you know. How about when will the three receiver set to be? Maybe not as often as you think, especially if the third option is a Calvin Austin the third. Might not you know might want to settle for Pat in the slot. Thomas Gazelle enters the chat. One playoff, yes, but all the playoffs we have been in common. When is it coaching? We have had so much talent. Well, I mean, every team has talent. Um, I mean, coaches coach and players play. So, if it's if we're talking about playoff performances, I mean, you know, you can't uh, you can't blame a coach on a, a, a center throwing the snap over the QB's head. Is that, I mean, right? Players play, coaches, coaches, whatever. Thomas, Thomas, tell me. You tell me what the what, what you think, Thomas. Claude is back with what two corners start week one? I mean, isn't, I mean, isn't this a camp question as well? Uh, you know, Levi Wallace is in the mix. Pat Peterson in the mix. You you got to imagine those are the two. If uh, if Joey Porter balls enough that he's a, a starting corner week one, man, won't you feel good about that? Does it matter, Claude? What, what, it doesn't matter what two, right? We got we we got two. We got ballers on uh, out of all three. Whether it's Levi, Joey Porter, Patrick Peterson. And it's not like 
you just start two corners. Yeah, you might start two corners on snap one, but uh, you're going to be playing three corners and many D-backs on the field starting week one, you know. I imagine Joey Porter will get in the get in that week one game, even if he doesn't start. What do you think, Coach? Uh, you know what corners? You got some tall corners there uh, in Joey Porter and Corey Ob Trice. No names, no gimmicks. Well, you know, Kyle, uh, when you <laughs> when you got red paint, you paint the barn red. So. We've got some uh, red paint in our corner room. Levi Wallace, Patrick Peterson, Joey Porter. Uh, hey, don't forget about guys like James Pierre. Bring some experience to that room. Some game-winning plays. So, you know, we, we like what we've got individually and collectively in the room. Fair enough. Fair enough. Athens is back in the chat. Coach, did anyone surprise you during OTAs? Well, you know, uh, I wouldn't use the word surprise. Uh, we kind of knew what we had with a lot of these guys. Uh, and a lot of the guys coming back, you know, we knew what we had. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a situation to be surprised. It's kind of more of just uh, a learning experience, getting equated to each other, you know, getting to know the players. Players getting to know how we run things. So uh, I wouldn't say anything surprised me. You know, everything was within uh, our individual and collective expectations. Uh, you know, that being said, uh, I like what I see from the big boys, especially that tight end room. A lot of work in there collect individually and collectively. I like the personal training they've done in the off season and things of that nature. So, you know, let's just, you know, we control the things we can control. Yeah, coach. I get it. I get it. No surprises yet. My big surprise from OTAs was, uh, <laughs> getting to talk to Alfonso Graham. I don't know if you saw that interview. It's on last week's what Jen's talking about, or it's up on uh, behind the steel curtain.com. You know, he was the, rookie tryout he was the only one who got the contract that weekend they've since signed a couple more from that tryout but he you know he played in the slot I don't think he'll be doing that at the pro level but uh you know and he's small but OTAs I don't know if you saw the running backs working out man but you know Najee's a big boy um you know Warren he's he's a brick house but that Alfonso Graham he he looked little he I'd like to see him up against Calvin Austin uh, but Alfonso is willing to play special teams, which is how any of those undrafted guys are going to have to make their name. He says he's going to run. He's not afraid to run gunner. He's not afraid to tackle. So that was Kyle's surprise. I'd like to see what he does. Claude is back in the chat with who should be QB number two. Who does number two work for? So who should be is that if, if, if the question is should then we all know it's probably should be mighty mitch who will it be i think that's even more known right mighty mitch trubisky mitch isn't uh mitch knows how to chug a beer he's not shotgunning the beer off to the side like kenny mitch isn't leaving his car keys in the car qb2 material still some things kenny can learn all right now is mace now that we can dress three three quarterbacks, Mace looks like he'll be dressed every week. So uh you might have some latitude if uh you know if if someone gets hurt and then you don't like what Mitch is doing, maybe you know, maybe QB two, it's easier to pull the trigger on a QB three. You got three guys dressed there, and who knows? Oh, Afton, that was a great interview with Alfonso Grimm. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was excited to get him. It, it was the audio quality. If you listened on the podcast, a little tricky. We tried to we tried to uh, fancy that up, but you know, it's like you got red paint. You gotta you gotta paint the barn red, and that's what that podcast interview was. So, but you know, we'll we'll check back in with him when you know when camp starts. Hopefully, he'll make it. We'll see. Maybe we'll make it to practice squad. Maybe we'll make the fifty three. Who knows? Shaq Gregory is entering the chat. 
Who's your favorite Steeler player, past or present? I got a long list. Obviously, all right. I mean, should we divide into the eras? I'll go for who I've seen play. You know, I'm not, I won't go back to the Knoll. Well, I mean, I saw some Knoll teams, but I won't go back to the Dynasty era. Um, so let's go with 89 on. So many. I mean, you first off, you know, Debo and Troy, right? You can't, you can't go wrong with those two. Those are going to be some of my all-time favorites. Ben, of course, fourth quarter Ben, an all-time fave. Now, some of my personal faves, um, I mean, I like anyone, well, I mean, I was a William Gay fan since he, since the day he was drafted. I had, you know, I got his jersey as a Christmas gift that season, uh, the season he was drafted, so I I liked him. I watched with him for a while. Um, I got an Ike Taylor jersey, Steelers for life. If you're Steelers for life, I love you, Ike Taylor. Um I mean, I got uh, from the from the Cower era, Barry Foster, probably my first favorite Steeler. Um, gosh, Quiver and Quake, Greg Lloyd. I met him at Woodson's Bar and Grill when I was in high school, and I I took his straw after he left from his daiquiri, which at the time were those uh, were those Dennis Hopper ads where he was like. I've got Barry Sanders shoes, man. So I was going around that year like, I've got Greg Lloyd straw, man. Always a Greg Lloyd fan. Um, I mean, you know, Amos Zaraway from WVU. I like the local guys. Rooted for Amos Zaraway. Rooted for Ryan uh, Mundy. Um, I got so many. Orpheus Roy, some unheralded names. Orpheus Roy was one of my faves. Uh I mean, who like? It's hard to name. I everyone's a fave. You on the team, and you become a fave of mine. I'm loving Mitch. You know, Mitch and Mace Mason just because of his story. He's got a unique journey in the league. How can you not? How can these not be all your favorites? That's what I, when I see players like pick a villain on the Steelers, like whether it's like Kendrick Green or Deontay Johnson. Uh, I don't. I don't. That just doesn't vibe with me. You know, it's like. You know, it's like, do you dog co-workers in your own office? Like, that's not my style. Um, you know, I might not hang out with everyone buddy-buddy, but, you know, you're on my squad. That's how I roll. So, it's like, who are my who are my least favorite? I couldn't even name that. My least favorite? That's a good question. Who's your least favorite stealer? Let's see. Afton is back with some QB talk. Is Mitch QB2 over Mason because his style fits the offense better? Um, Coach, I'll leave this up to you. What's what does Mitch what does Mitch do that Mason doesn't do? Or what you know, why is Mitch QB2? Well, you know, Afton, it's really about what Mitch has put on tape, Mitch's resume. We've seen what he can do uh as in a starter capability as well as a backup, whether it was his time in Buffalo or Chicago or uh, even here, you know, dude can ball. Dude's a baller. And on that same token, we've seen what Mason can do. And I think that, you know, their resume and their tape speaks for themselves. So, you know, Mitch does routine things routinely and things of that nature. Right, I guess that's a good point. I mean, Mitch, Mitch is just has you know he has the resume. He's the he's the starter. Mace might have the cannon, right? He might have the arm, the strong the strong arm. But we've seen the accuracy be an issue. Uh, and I think coaches said it himself. It's more like QB two A and QB two B, or not to be. Uh, there's no. Uh, it's not like one is head and shoulders over the other. Maybe, maybe. Thomas Gazelle, Con loaded this team with almost everything Tomlin needs. Now we need to see how good Tomlin really is. Hopefully he takes them to their first playoff win. We'll see his true coaching talent. Oh, you mean you didn't see his true coaching talent during the duck season when we were just uh, a half game away from the playoffs with an undrafted rookie quarterback? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're not a believer after that season, then what hope is there, right? Or the team or the, the coach Tomlin who took the 2021 team to the playoffs with uh, two rookie 
offensive lineman and Big Ben, who was his, his arm was like hanging on to his body by a thread, you know, couldn't throw the ball downfield, had to get rid of it in less than two seconds so that he could stay up up uh, alive, basically. You know, if uh, if if the Duck season and the 2021 season didn't make you a Tomlin believer, then what hope is there? You're like you're thinking, oh, this you know, now now he has it with this team. Oh, now this team. What about 2021? What about the duck year? We'll see his true coaching talent. Thomas, come on, Thomas. Are you a hater? Are you hating? Come on. He see his true coaching talent? Duck, Devlin Duck Hodges took us to the doorstep of the playoffs. An undrafted rookie free agent quarterback. Thomas. Claude with the million dollar question. Would you put AB in the Steelers ring of honor? Me personally, I am. I want to. I'm ready. Maybe not this year. All right. We've got to get Coach Mitchell. We've got to get Coach LeBeau in the hall of honor. We've got the 2008 team celebrating their 15th anniversary. We've got to get some of those guys in the hall. Casey Hampton. A ring of honor. Is it Hall of Honor or Ring of Honor? I keep calling it Hall of Honor. Casey Hampton, Debo, Ike Taylor. Once we get once we get some of the 2008 Steelers in the Ring of Honor, and we get Coach LeBeau and Coach Mitchell in, yeah, then we'll start thinking A B. You know, hey, if A B has to wait till he's 40 to get in the Ring of Honor or older, 50, it might be a little bit wiser, A B. Yeah, let's. I can do it, but yeah, he deserves in. He deserves in. Just Joey Porter. We got to get a couple guys in first. Ring of Honor, but yeah, AB. You know, and AB has time to, you know, grow as a person, be philanthropic. We would we wouldn't mind seeing you know some of those uh, life's work off the field that Noel will always talk about. You know, let's see what let's see what AB's life's work uh, can become about. You know, if he puts another hit song like. Put that ish on, then hey, let's we'll get him in. That was a hit. Thomas wants to go. We've seen flashes, but we need a Super Bowl. Close doesn't count. I mean, yeah, it's a zero sum league in the NFL. You know, everyone's going for the Super Bowl. One team gets it. Does that mean there's 31 losers every season? I'm you know, on one level, you'd be like, yeah, sure, there is. But on another level, I'd be like. If you went through the duck season or the 2021 season and didn't have a blast as a fan, then what's that say about, you know, that's on you. It's like, if you couldn't enjoy, despite, you know, 2021, the worst Steelers rushing defense in team history, you would be like, how could you enjoy that? I don't know. We, you know, pulled out some heart attack games in the fourth and made it to the playoffs. I mean, you call that a flash? I don't know. Need a Super Bowl. Close doesn't count. Well, how many how many active coaches have Super Bowls? It's like, yeah, that would be nice. That's always the goal. Close to a Super Bowl doesn't count? I don't know. I think it does. I think it does on some level. You know, that's why that's why I want to uh that's why I want the the Knoll supporters to get in live on the chat. Because I've got my thoughts on that. Thomas follows it up. You you blame the players for playoff loss, losses. So those great wins you talked about were the players also. This year will be credit to the coaches, putting all that talent together and winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, the players, yeah. All those wins you're talking about were the players also. Yeah, yeah. When Ben throws to Santonio Holmes in the corner of the end zone. Yeah, I'm not, you know, that wasn't a coaching thing. Although Bruce Arenas, Bruce Arenas wants to take credit for that. If you read his book, he says he, you know, he thought of that play, uh, you know, off the top of his head. And, you know, he wants to give himself credit for that. But look, that was Ben's drive, Ben's throw in the end zone. Yeah, it's a player, players win all, you know. But also, the, you know, the, the Tomlin players credit Tomlin, right? You know, they, Troy Polamalu and Ike Taylor credited Tomlin for, uh, you know, reminding them to finish the play on a turnover. And then that, then, so when Debo had that interception and went a hundred yards, 
that was fresh in their minds and the you know follow the play to the end shoot we've got to take a break we're going long uh let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll come back with some more of your questions uh we'll you know speaking of uh that throwback 2021 team we'll do a little throwback ad from that season just to remind you what we put on the field and what we accomplished we'll be right back after this message we got norwood and henry mondo Derek tuska pierre and taco we got Wormley and Miles Killebrew. Here we go. Joey Schobert, a killa with her spoon. Here we go. We got Ingram. Wait, who, who's number eight now? Here we go. Carl Joseph and Robert Spillane. Here we go. Arthur Molette, but not Justin Lane. Here we go. Wait, these these guys have to actually play to get in the song. Here we go. Oh, they, they actually played? We got Delonte and Archibong. Here we go. Wow, remember that? That was just two years ago. Those were the players we put on the field. Um, and was that was it complete turnover from that squad? That was the worst rushing defense in team history, but it was a playoff defense. <laughs> All right, let's get back to the questions. Claude's in the chat. Do you think the Steelers will have a top 10 defense and a top 10 offense this season? Um, I'll, I'll tell you personally what I think. Uh, not a top 10 offense. You know, top 10 defense would be nice. That'd be nice in the mix. Top 10, what, scoring defense or yardage defense? Top 10 offense? I think that fans need to, you know, squash some of their expectations on this offense. Um you know, we, we sure it was a great second half of the season, but until we see that again, you know, we expect that we're just going to run the ball for 300 yards a game just because we beefed up some of the offensive line. Let's see it happen first. Let's see it happen. I'll put Steelers top 10 defense in the mix because we know that that's, you know, a possibility. Um, and we've seen what they can do. We have it on tape. So offense to be determined. You know, some people say, Kenny's going to ball out. Hey, you know, if Kenny throws 20 touchdowns and 2,800 yards, don't be super surprised. 3,000 yards, don't be super surprised. You know, don't don't go criticizing Canada if Kenny doesn't put up Pro Bowl numbers. Because that's not what it's about. It's about wins, right? Jeremiah Yoder enters the chat. The Pittsburgh Steelers are proud of our past with the six Lombardi trophies. Why not the 2023 Steelers? Why not us to win our own championship and make our own Steelers history? That's what I'm talking about, Jeremiah. This is the year. Let's do it. Let's get the trophy. Some I know some of you's, uh, it probably seems like forever since the 2008 year. You know, I remember growing up in the 80s thinking that the dynasty teams were dinosaurs. And, you know, I couldn't fathom the point that it was just, you know, a decade ago. And now we're in that situation again, where it's been 15 years since the last Lombardi. It's time for this generation. It's hard to believe it. It's time for the post-Ben gen. The post-Ben gen. The Ken gen. Let's do it. This could be the year. Look, I'm not, I'm, I, I, I won't squash that uh, belief. This could be the year. I won't squash it. Chris centers the chat. Uh, I agree. Seen is proof, right? Trust but verify. Thomas Gazelle is back. I'm excited for the first time in years. This team of capable of great things. I see them getting their first playoff win as a team. I agree too. I agree. I think that, uh, I, I, I think this is it, man. I think this is a year. I don't want to jinx already, man. You know, sorry, coach. I just, I think this is, uh, I think this could be it, man. You know? Well, you know me, I'd rather say whoa than sick him. So I'm here with Thomas. Me too. I'm here with Thomas. Afton is not so much with Thomas. I see next year as a real shot at the Super Bowl. Well, let's go back to back. I'm just thinking, 
I mean, the standard now, now that we've seen Joe Burrow, Joe Chill get it with Cincinnati in the second year, I think that's kind of now the expectation. It's like, all right, Kenny, it's like you earned the job in year one by closing out that half. You know, even though a lot of times three quarters was kind of average and then uh, the fourth quarter, you know, Ken showed up. Ken being Ben. Next year and this year, why not? I'm just worried about, you know, the lo- the, the longer we get into Najee contract or Pat Fryermuth or Kenny's, you know, when their contracts come up uh, and we've already got big paydays on TJ and Minka, it's like now is that sweet spot while these guys are on their first contract. And aren't players in their prime? I mean, come on. Some of these guys are 25, 26. Isn't that in their prime now? You used to be like, oh, they're still developing. But I think now it's, now it's you know, perform now or forever hold your peace. Great one. 03 enters the chat. I'm a younger fan and I couldn't agree more, Kyle. Right? It's like, this is what the weird thing about time. And you'll figure this out, great one. It's like when you're young, time is just... It's like, it's like a different beast. You know, it seems like everything is longer or further away. Now, when you get older, it's like, oh, things happened, you know, five years ago was just a minute ago, you know? Like, Succession is ending. It's season four of Succession and thinking, oh, that's the new show, you know? But for some people, it's like, that's been the show for four or five years now. And I'm thinking, I'm still catching up on Sopranos and The Wire. Time is weird. Time is weird. Great one. This is the year for us. Claude enters the chat. Do they re-sign Alex Highsmith to an extension before training camp? Well, you know, under under Kevin Colbert, this stuff kind of happened in camp. Um, now with Omar Khan, you know, last season it seemed that he was getting some business done before camp, right? There was the DJ extension. Um, that happened early in camp. I think, you know, from what we've heard that, I mean, depending on the reports you heard, it's either negotiations have just started or negotiations are almost over. So either one of those sounds to me like the deal is done. The deal is happening. No one's saying that, you know, well, the deal might not happen or, or you know, sticky uh, sticky situation with the Highsmith deal. No one's saying anything like that. So I think that we'll have the news before camp. I don't know. I think we'll have it during camp. Isn't that, I mean, that's when the, that's when the players are around and they're together and there's time. Great 103. COVID may have screwed up everything to a small extent, though. Man, that COVID season... Right, what were we? We're we're twelve and zero or whatever, and then that weird Wednesday game with Baltimore and schedules got screwed up. What could have had? That could have been a what if season. And COVID certainly screwed up uh, contracts and salary cap that season. Robert Cotting, BTCS cartoon hour with Kyle. Well, technically, this isn't a cartoon, but maybe you're saying I, I'm a cartoon character, in which case, uh, yeah, you might be half right. I'm a character, that's for sure. <laughs> Not too many questions in the chat today. I get it. It's Memorial Day weekend. Tomorrow's a day off, right? No, no one's going to work tomorrow, I hope. Or at least not working hard. Thomas weighs in on the Highsmith contract. I think we wait till end of season on Highsmith. If he gets another 14-sack season and they pay him big, we don't need to tie up 20% of the cap with two edge rushers. Well, I will respectfully disagree with this just because if the Steelers want their guy, they sign up those contracts with a year remaining. That's just Steelers tradition, you know? Don't wait until the end of the season and who knows what can happen. You get a guy in the market and anything can happen. Not right now. The leverage is with the team. Uh, they sign him now. Doesn't even have to flirt with free agency. Um, 20% of the cap with two edge rushers. I mean, 
what they gave Harris. They had Debo and Woodley the, the bag, didn't they? Woodley and Harrison had contracts. Um, Quiver and Quake back in the day, they certainly had their contracts. Edge rushers, coach, tell them, tell them about, uh, tell them why edge rushers get so much money in this league. You know, outside linebackers are the engine to our machine. Uh, can't have enough good, can't have enough of them. That's a good problem to have. I agree, especially when there is no really number three edge rusher. We waiting for young Herbig to uh, mature. Um, you know, cross your fingers, but without the edge rushers, then we know what happens. Then they're going to run the ball down our throats. They're going to pass it in man coverage all over us. Um, it's the pressure that our defense creates that helps the secondary. They, they work hand in hand. Claude wants a prediction. Steelers rookie of the year will be. Now this is tricky because it's hard to gauge an offensive tackle. Would you say rookie of the year, the offensive tackle, what kind of stats did they put up? Who knows? You know, could you see, and this is a players voted on this, right? This isn't press voted. Players vote. I could see the tight end. I could see the tight end if he, you know, but I don't know if he's going to, if he's going to be able to contribute in the passing game. What if they're both just great blockers in tandem? The two Georgia guys tackle and tight end next to each other. And plus is, is the tackle even going to start right away? I think Dan Moore Jr. is, he's going to try to fight him off at least for the beginning of the season, those first couple weeks. John has a good, Keanu, that's a good, yeah. Especially because I think he's going to be in a position to contribute on defense there. So that that might be, that could be. Puts up a couple sacks. He's not even a sack guy though, right? I mean, that's a good question. Rookie of the year. It's going to be hard to judge. I don't think there's going to be a lot of stats on it, you know? I think it'll be a, uh, it could be an eyeball thing. Or great one says JPJR. That's something that you could definitely put a number to, stats and uh, stats and figures. Could be J, I could see JPJ too, right? A couple of picks, you know, those are, uh, splash plays are always, uh, you know, that gets you on SportsCenter. JPJ, I'll, you know, JPJR has a bigger chance for the SportsCenter moments. I'll say that. Okay. Oh, I missed this one. Robert Cotting. Who is the better receiver, DJ or George Pickens? Some of you, some of you think this is an easy question. But DJ gets, you know, 100 receptions a season. Can't argue those numbers. Oh, but DJ gets no yak. Well, this year he didn't get any yak because he was doing a lot of curl routes. There was some... You know, Ken Bean Ben running around the pocket. So receivers were coming back to the quarterback. So people, oh, he was running backwards. Well, he's coming to the quarterback. And then his momentum carries him a couple yards. You got to turn around. Even these elite athletes have to obey the laws of physics. George Pickens, we've seen, you know, that guy's just star power. So, but then again, we've seen DJ with some star power moments too. Look at the look at DJ's catch against the Bengals week one. I think that might be better than Pickens' catch, just in my humble opinion. You know, DJ is the Pro Bowler. T- DJ has the Pro Bowl on his resume. Pickens has the high the potential, high potential. But potential isn't the same thing as kineticism. Got to have the kinetic energy. DJ has the kinetic energy. I think DJ's still the number one. But hey, Pickens could take that next step. But then again, we all we keep waiting for these guys to take the next. We waited for Chase Claypool to make the next step. Um, waited for you know Martavius Bryant to uh, kind of emerge as the man. He couldn't get out of his own way. So we've waited for these guys a couple. You know, waited for a couple guys to fulfill their potential. 
Claude wants to know who will be the Steelers MVP this season. Okay. If all goes according to plan, it's TJ Watt. TJ Watt is your MVP. Then you know the Steelers plan went according to plan. Mink is a good choice too. I don't think it's going to be on anyone on offense. You know, this isn't the offense's year, I don't think. It's not going to be um, 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards. So, I, you know, I, I don't want to put Kenny in the conversation yet. TJ, TJ, TJ what? TJ what? MVP? Especially if you want to make a run for Defensive Player of the Year. TJ Watt. All right, Richard Adamson enters the chat. Hey, Kyle, do you think Moore will start at left tackle and move to right tackle later in the season? I know Dan Moore has been working on his right tackle snaps, so he's putting in the work. They say he's lean. They say he's up seven pounds, all muscle. Um, I'm looking for Dan Moore to put up the fight for his career. And if he starts at left tackle, that just shows that he's made that jump. He's progressed, you know. Now, the thing with Chooks is his contract lets him be a little expendable. So if you like what you got with Dan Moore and the rookie, then yeah, I could see Dan Moore switching to right tackle. Although I don't think he's played there. I don't think we've ever seen him play there. So that's a question in itself. Can he play there? I think Moore is a keeper, you know. And I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. I know you drafted a rookie first round 17 or whatever, 15, whatever we jumped up to, 13. Can't even remember. But I love that. That's a great problem to have, right, Coach? It's like it takes me back to when it was Jukes and Zach Banner. And, you know, we thought we had all these tools at tackle. And we've been trying to get back there. Thomas wants to know, do you think we need a vet starter at inside linebacker to complete the defense? A cover guy, that is our weak spot. Who's out there, though, you know? Um, we, you know, uh, all of these guys at inside linebacker are unproven in the black and gold right now. I don't know what we've got. And, you know, do we upgrade from Robert Spillane? I hope. We'll see. You know, do we upgrade from Devin Bush? I don't know. That's going to be tough it's in, in spite of what uh, we think he did or didn't accomplish. Um, you know, and Miles Jack was an athlete. So I don't know if we've got the guys at inside linebacker. It's impossible to predict it at this point. Do you think we need a vet starter? I mean, yeah, let's go, uh, you know, let's go trade for Micah Parsons or something, right? Uh, you got to go, you got to go to the dance with the ones you brought and, you know, I'm sure they could sign a guy, but the rooms are getting full and these things got to come out in camp. I think that inside, you know, if, if the, if the rush gets there, then you don't have to worry about some of the coverage problems at linebacker. Um, you know, if, uh, if who Keanu Neal, if he can come up in the closer to the line from the safety position and come up into the box and tackle, you know, maybe that helps with some of the weakness at inside linebacker. Inside linebacker is the question mark. Jeremiah Yotter, how does Allen Robinson compare to DJ or Pickens? Well, you know, he's got all the right moves. I think he can play inside and out if he's, you know, if he gets, if he's healthy and he creates separation. Um, as a vet, you know, it's someone they've had their eyes on since he came out of Penn state. So I don't think that, you know, how does he compare to DJ or Pickens? It probably doesn't have straight up speed. Um, of those guys, but then again, some of the routes aren't, you know, speed routes. We're not, you know, we're not throwing for the end zone. It's a lot about creating separation and Pickens doesn't necessarily create the separation. He kind of seems to just catch, uh, you just seem to just catch what's thrown at him, kind of like Pat, right? You throw it to Pat, and he's going to try to catch it. Um, where DJ is all about creating separation, and Allen Robinson, you know, it's above the neck, above the neck play.
Let's see. Thomas back on inside linebackers. Holcomb and Roberts are run stuffers. We need a Quan type to stop the pass up the middle. You know, yeah. Or you're just going to play a bunch of D backs, bring in Pat Peterson, um, bring Neil up from the, you know, from safety. KZ's back there. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. It's not like that hasn't been a weakness in the past. People throwing on Robert Spillane, people throwing on, uh, you know, all over the middle. With Cam Sutton in the middle, they're, they're throwing, you know, a killer with a spoon in the middle and they're throwing on him. I remember James Farrier and they're, you know, Maurice Jones-Drew ripping up James Farrier uh, over the over the middle. So that's been a generational concern, probably not for just the Steelers, probably every team in the in the NFL. Okay, let's see. We're about to, we're running out of time. Let's see if we can get some more questions in here. Ron Schultz enters the chat. I bought the playback book from the car thief. This story is fascinating to me just because uh it's like this guy walked off with Kenny's luxury SUV, so no one was watching that. Kenny just had his car unlocked with the keys in it. Um, I know that this story isn't going anywhere, but that's what I would ask Kenny. I was like, so what? You just left your keys in the car unlocked and you let someone just walk off with it. It's not even his car. You know, Bowser provides him with the cars. They've been endorsing him since he was at Pitt. So maybe if it's not, if you're not paying for the car, maybe it's who cares. It's like a rental basically. Jeremiah, how about Kenny Pickett becoming the offensive MVP? You know, I wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't put the money on it. You know, I don't think he's going to show up and just start throwing 40 touchdowns, 4,000 yards. I think it's going to be like 20 touchdowns, 2,800 yards, maybe three, you know, 3,000 yards. I don't know. Just the way they're, you know, they're, they're, they're putting a lot of effort in the offensive line. Maybe then everyone thinks we're going to just run the ball down their throats and maybe we come out passing. So... But I wouldn't bet it. I wouldn't bet it. Jeremiah, how much are you betting on Pickett becoming offensive MVP? I'm not bet. I wouldn't bet on that. Ron Schultz wants to know. Great talk about CA three in minicamp. Does he have a legit shot at making the roster? Well, he has a legit shot. Is, has there been great talk? I haven't seen anything. Uh, you know, I've seen him run routes. So I mean, that's a positive. But I, you know. A legit shot at the roster? Yeah. Uh, a guaranteed spot at the roster? I'd say unknown. Unknown. We haven't seen him yet. He basically was redshirted his, for his freshman year, his first, his rookie year. Um, What do we got? Is this Claude? More? Okay. Dan Moore will start. Because the first four weeks are brutal. Bosa, Garrett, Crosby, Will Anderson. It's a lot to ask from a rookie. Yeah, that's a good point. I wouldn't mind that. Plus, we know how Dan Moore balls against Garrett. So, that's um, that's a good point. I wouldn't mind that at all. Dan Moore. But here's the thing, man. If Dan Moore balls those first four weeks, do you keep him in? You don't want to pull him if he's balling, right? T Bar enters the chat. Coach, what are your thoughts on Wetchin's talking about the true insiders? Yes, the true insiders. We uh, we have talked to Coach LeBeau once, thanks to Cameo, <laughs> and we got Alfonso Graham. Those, that's my insiders. Coach, what do you think about the Wetchin's talking about? You know, uh, uh, some people say it's the most entertaining show on uh, in Steelers podcast, but. I think that's only me that says that. Well, you know, those guys, they don't urinate down their leg, and and that's a good thing. I think we're the most unique podcast in Steelers in Steelers fandom. You know, no one else is uh no one else is bringing our conversation to it. You know, everyone thinks they know so much. At least we act like we don't know. You know, at least we know what we know, know what we don't know, and don't know what we don't know. Does that make sense? We got to get out of here. Let's find some last couple questions. Um, John Funker, it kind of sounds like you're saying we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Is that accurate? 
Yeah, I think that's accurate. I think we are. Are we going to win it? Man, I can't. I don't. I, coach, I can't just say we're going to win the Super Bowl this year, are we? No. Why not, though? Why not? Why not? Man, it's hard to do. It's one team. It's a zero-sum game, the NFL. But, man, I'm feeling good about it in May. But you got to be careful because the Browns have been the preseason champions every May for the last three or four years. And what have they done? Nothing. Jeremiah Yoder, I'll give you the last word. It's not. It's going to be hard not to give T.J. Watt the Steelers' 2023 MVP award. Exactly. It's going to take an injury to keep him off that. You know, Watt. Uh, Watt just is a game changer. He's. You know, like talk about guys like Harrison. All of our great rushers in the past. Harrison, Greg Lloyd. Um, you know, even you want to go all the way back to Joe Green. I know he's not an edge rusher, but no one has been able to single-handedly transform a game or win a game like TJ Watt. I mean, I think of the, you know, against the Seattle or against, um, was it Cleveland, uh, you know, two years ago. It's just like that guy can single-handedly disrupt a game on any single play. And I don't think we've seen that even out of our great edge rushers from the past. I think if things go... You know, hey, a Super Bowl prediction is one thing, but I'll make this prediction. If TJ Watt continues the career that he's had so far, you know, without stay stay away from the injuries and and or keep the amount of same amount of injuries he's had, even he will go down in history. TJ Watt will go down in history as the greatest Steeler ever, and that is my prediction, and that's how we're going to close it out. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this Labor Labor Day, Memorial Day weekend. Um, we'll be back next week for more Q&A, and I'll be back on Thursday for what Jen's talking about. Have a great rest of your weekend, and see you later. Good night, everyone. Bye.